0: And welcome into the show, everybody. It is another week, and we are one week away from the official, unofficial start of the high school football season. The Gunnersville Wildcats are going to take on New Hope next week in a jamboree game right here in Gunnersville. Uh, we're going to start talking with Coach Reese each week leading up to the first game of the season, which is August the 19th at Southside. So, the beginning of the high school football season is right around the corner. Uh, despite what your temperature gauge might be telling you outside. I know we're all ready for fall. Football is the first little hint of fall, but, man, it is still hot outside. So if you are making it out to these games, stay good and hydrated. Body armors are always good. Lots of water is always good. I know these players will be. uh, And hopefully they're getting acclimated to the conditions to get ready to play some football. But uh, we'll be excited to see, you know, kind of how this Guntersville team is going to look. Uh, once they take the field against New Hope uh, next Friday night, I think it's going to be a it's going to be a fun team to watch with Antonio Spurgeon at quarterback, and then obviously Brandon Fusel coming back, CJ Gomera. There's a lot of talent on this offense, and I think they're going to be fun to watch. Lots of experience coming back on the defensive side as well, so I, I think it should be another pretty big year for the Gunnersville Wildcats. But we will all get our first look at Coach Reese's Wildcats next week, next Friday night. But in today's show. Very, very excited uh, about the guest that we've got on. It's uh, Mr. a Mr. A.P. Stedham, out of Foley, Alabama. He, his show is um, it's called As We See It, and there's an emphasis on the S E and C in those three le- those three words. It's out of W H P A M F M Foley. We will be broadcasting his show every Friday night. After the Gunnersville Wildcat game, now it is an SEC Roundup type show. So, uh, Mr. Stedham is going to talk about, you know, what happened last week in the SEC. What's going to happen this week? Statistics, guests. It's going to be a great show. And if you're not looked into AP Stedham's background, he is like an encyclopedia of college football. Obviously, an Alabama fan. You're going to find that out pretty quickly if you go and follow him at all. But a uh, very, very great mind. When it comes to college football, and I cannot wait to have that show on. It's going to be a great addition to our programming on Fridays. Uh, the three and out pregame show, leading right into Greg c- coming live to you on the, from the press box, and then right to kick off of the Guntersville Wildcats, and then right into AP Stedham. We got some great stuff. It's going to be a fun, fun season this year. I really hope you enjoy this next interview with AP Stedham. I know I did as a college football junkie myself. I was absolutely thrilled to get to talk to this guy, and he is just, you can just tell, just a wealth of knowledge of college football. So I hope you enjoy it. Before we do that interview, I want to thank our friends at Alpha, Justin Perry and Chuck Williamson for being sponsors of the show. We really appreciate it. Contact them for any needs you may have. They're right there on Blount Avenue. Alpha Insurance, Chuck Williamson and Justin Perry. Thank you so much. We'll be right back with AP Stedham. now by a very, very special guest, uh, Mr. A.P. Stedham. I'm, I'm so excited to be talking to Mr. Stedham, um, longtime host uh, of all things college football. He's at a WHP AM FM down there in Foley. We will actually be carrying Mr. Stedham's show here on WTWX after the Gunnersville High School football games every Friday night. The name of the show is As We See It. I'm so excited to welcome him on this week. Uh, Mr. Stedham, thank you so much for coming on, and um I know you got to be excited for football to get started back up.
1: Hey, I'm very excited, Joe. Yes, AP and Kelly, as we see it, and we emphasize the S and the E and the C. SEC football, some people call it the best in the land. Others argue differently. But <laughs> since we've been watching it for a half a century and covering it for nearly two decades, I have my own opinion. <laughs>
0: hey, no, I, I, I'm with you, and I, I think I can safely say that um... – <laughs> I think it's the best in the land, too. but that's near here or there. Uh, let's talk a little bit about your show. Just tell me a little bit about the show and what our listeners can expect.
1: Yeah, yeah uh, Joe, uh, I'm the co-host along with Kelly Finley. Kelly has a background in sports in uh, Kansas City. She's here in Mobile on the radio as well. And uh, I've been covering SEC Football, Alabama. Uh, primarily Auburn, uh, like I say, almost close to two decades. And so I've had experience at BCS championships and college football playoff championships, SEC championships. I'm the only person in Alabama that covers the NFL draft. I was in Cleveland and Las Vegas by myself. So I have covered Super Bowls, uh, NBA games. I've been to professional baseball games, uh, Alabama basketball games, Auburn basketball games, the SEC basketball tournament, um uh, for men. I've been to the WNBA draft. I vote for the Heisman, the Maxwell, the Bolitnikoff Award. I've been to the Walter Kemp All-American Weekend at Yale University many times. So I have some background from coast to coast and got a chance to meet a lot of nice people. But our show, we're going to have one national slash regional guest every week. Our upcoming show, we just uh, have is the president and CEO of the National Football Foundation, uh, Steve Hatchel. So they keep an eye on football all across the country at every level. They, they manage the College Football Hall of Fame induction and voting process and have their annual banquet this year will be at the Bellagio Hotel in Las Vegas, December the 6th. That, Joe, that was normally held at the Waldorf, that story in New York, and I've been to that event, the black tie event, but they moved it last year and they're going to have it out there again. So we're going to have a fun time discussing SEC football, but we'll also keep our eye on the national scene, Joe, because as you can understand, the SEC team or teams invariably play some of those teams in the semifinals of the playoffs.
0: Oh, yeah. It happens every year without fail. So definitely excited about getting it started up. So each week, uh, kind of talk about what, what the show will be each week once we get into football season.
1: Right. So if you look at when we get into the heart of the season, that'll be seven games, conference games every week. So we'll talk about the most exciting plays and the star players and the coaches and some of the decisions, any of the, the quirks and nuances of the game. And so definitely we'll mention all the seven games because that'll be the 14 SEC teams. Then when we'll reach out across the nation too if there's a the big contest that maybe affects the teams near the top of the pole or something like that. But we'll be having on some coaches, hopefully some players as our guests and different types of people, maybe a commissioner or two to discuss the great game of college football. But our show is SEC-oriented for certain.
0: Talk a little bit about uh, SEC Media Days because I, I know that you you actually got to go to SEC Media Days Uh, when it was held in atlanta which is actually the first time it's not been held in hoover so talk a little bit about getting to go to a different venue for sec media days
1: yeah um they held it in atlanta this year which is a good venue because it's right next to the college football hall of fame so we get a chance to have some events there uh, during the evening after we've been with the players and the coaches all after all in the morning and the afternoon so i visited with all the head coaches i was in the electronic media room so our moderator, he was very generous. He calling me almost every time I had a question. So I think out of the 64 representatives, that's three coaches. I mean, that's 14 coaches and three players per team. I, I must have spoken to over 55 probably. I was out of the room a couple of times, maybe on the phone or doing some radio interviews. So I, I like it because you see the people up close and personal. You get an idea about their demeanor. You can read their body language and how they feel about their team and uh, some of the players that they've invited to represent the university and you ask questions. I mean the questions that they have about their team for instance You know you have like Auburn. They're looking for their quarterback. Right. Right? They have probably three legitimate candidates um, and it has to be worked out and I asked Brian Harson directly if he would play two quarterbacks He said if someone deserves to be on the field We're gonna get them into the ball game and I think Auburn's a team specifically that needs a couple of quarterbacks to play to to maximize their roster and have uh, some success this season.
0: Uh, You've been covering the Crimson Tide for a long time, and obviously you've been covering Nick Saban for a long time. But I don't think I can remember ever uh, A.P. Stedham getting yelled at by Nick Saban. Has that ever happened?
1: (laughs) (laughs) I don't don't think I could put it in that category. He's been a little flustered. I think it's about three times. And uh, I, I I can tell one of the stories. It's kind of funny because, it was at the championship game in Pasadena, California, in January two thousand and ten. I had the last question because I knew the moderator, Gina Leahy, who was the uh, PR person for the Rose Bowl at the time, um, and also the person holding the microphone is a friend of mine, Charlie Fish from the Cotton Bowl. And so I and I prefaced the question by saying, Coach, when you were a young person growing up in West Virginia, did you ever envision winning championships? And you could actually see the smoke come out of his ears and his wife was sitting near me, like to my right. And the entire audience laughed loudly because they knew that he was mad at someone asking a question. But Joe, what I did was I just was like a statue and I glared right back at him. And he gave me a very, very long answer. And at the end of the, uh, his answer, he said, if you knew where I was raised, You never would have asked that
0: question. Well,
1: I still had the microphone in my hand. I wanted to retort, Coach, I know where you grew up. That's why I asked the question. So we fast forward a year or two later to a show called SEC Wives, and Nick Saban's in the kitchen sitting with Miss Terry, and he turns to Miss Terry and says, Terry, did you ever envision us winning championships while we were growing up in West Virginia?
0: He stole your question. <laughs> that's good stuff though, I love that. That's Stories like that are great, that's why I'm so excited to have you on. Um, it, it, you may not know, but 95.9 here in Guntersville, WTWX has been uh, covering the Auburn Tigers for many, many decades now. At, uh, you can hear Auburn play every single play right here on 95.9. Talk a little bit about this Auburn team. Um, what do you see? I know that obviously last year it wasn't the end that Auburn was looking for at the end of the season. What are you envisioning for Brian Harsons coming back this year? And and really, to be honest with you, I think it was a big deal that he was able to keep a, a guy like Tank Bigsby on the roster. So just talk a little bit about Auburn and what you see this team this year.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Tank is one of the stars of the team. He had to be recruited again to retain him on the roster. He's a good football player, valuable excellent runner. They can use him in the passing game as well. I think that'll be beneficial to the team. The offensive line has to play better. Uh, Bo Nix was running for his life most of the time last mm-hmm. season. And like I said, they're going to pick from among those three quarterbacks probably use two, maybe three of them as well. TJ Finley. TJ is a big quarterback, six foot seven, two 250 pounds. He, he's slightly methodical and statuesque in the, in the pocket. But he has some mobility. But I think he's got to make his decisions Quicker and with more confidence, but he can win some games for you. As we saw, they come from behind victory against Georgia State early in the season. Then we have Zach Kelzada, strong arm, not much of a runner, but everybody can make a few yards if there's a lane, and he's about six foot four, so he's long legged. But he needs to be more consistent. One play, um, you watch him; he looks very good. I mean, he beat Alabama in College Station. I was there for that mm-hmm. ball game. Had a good night. I think it was three touchdowns, nearly 300 yards. And uh, he's he's a good leader, but he's got to, as all quarterbacks, every day they're trying to be consistent in their play. Their their play calling, their ability to grasp the offense, to read the defense, to be accurate with their throws and timely and be in rhythm. Because, Joe, passing is all about rhythm and timing. And then we have Robbie Ashford, the transfer from Oregon. He's from Hoover High School. I saw him play as a junior in high school against Bo Nix of all people. And he beat Bo, I think it was 52 to 14 or 21. But he's, he was a, he's a baseball player. So you know he can throw the football from all angles. Mm-hmm. And he's fast and elusive. So I think it'd be excellent for Auburn to put in a package near the red zone. And he can be very valuable. But I, I see him playing and contributing to at least one victory for Auburn. I really do. So the offensive line's got to play better. Need more production out of, out of the receivers. they got to catch the football. Every quarterback needs support. Okay, now you look at the uh, tight ends. They got a good group there. They have an excellent group there. They have number number forty. I can't remember his name, Joe offhand. Mm-hmm. He was a hybrid tight end. Um, he's about six foot three, six foot four. He had a good spring game. And by the way, Robbie Ashford was the MVP of the spring game. I don't take too much stock in MVP for spring games, but it sh- he shows some ability. But and then John was it John Samuel Shanker, right? He's a tight end. Set some records at Auburn. I think the touchdowns and receptions and. Maybe yardage, too. But he, there's some good people at that position. So they should be strong. And that should be a quarterback trend, the tight end, as we know, because Georgia has about three of them that could play anywhere. Mm-hmm. And they'll be a, a good friend to Stetson Bennett the fourth. But defensively, uh, they're pretty solid. Uh, you got to get to the quarterback. You know, you've got to affect the other team's quarterback, Joe. So they have, they have some people to replace in the secondary. Owen Papo is one of the key linebackers for them. So defensively, you know, have a new defensive coordinator, new offensive coordinator, uh, the kicking, Unders Carlson, he's probably wants to, wants to uh, compete a little bit stronger this year, be more consistent in his kicks, and then the punter, uh, he'll be fine. So Auburn is a team searching for a quarterback, and that's uh, vitally important in this era of football, Joe. So you cannot compete and get into top echelon of your league if your quarterback is in the very good category so maybe it's two or three of them to get them in that category but they have to sort that
0: out let's move on to the crimson tide now obviously last year <laughs> nick saban called it a rebuilding year uh <laughs> with the sec championship in there and close to a national title but i see what he was saying when he said that yesterday uh, because there was some issues definitely along the offensive line I think that's probably going to be the focus uh, coming back this year. But as you see it from your seat, uh, talk about the Crimson Tide.
1: Joe, however big you can make the question mark for the offensive line, the font that you can use, (laughs) that's the one that applies.
0: Bold and big.
1: Because (laughs) I don't think I've ever had such a big question mark in my mind about a unit uh, under Nick Saban in these last 14, 15 years. They have some talented players. Uh, I think they missed on some people probably uh, in in their evaluation because you're you're getting a transfer from Vanderbilt, hopefully plays the left side, Anthony Steen. It's not often that Alabama has to reach out for a left tackle, which is an important position, as we know, because your quarterback is usually right-handed. So it's it's puzzling just to understand how you can recruit four, usually five-star offensive tackles, and you don't have one. And so we need to come up with one there. The right tackle, uh, Ikeor is a, a leader on the offensive line playing guard. The center position, that's still up for grabs. You know, there's a couple of candidates there. Um, so the offensive line, big question. Offensive backfield, you know, they have the transfer from Georgia Tech. Um, he's an outstanding player um, that can catch the ball out of the backfield. as excellent speed and we saw in the spring game with the burst up the middle ran Mm -hmm. about 80 yards for a touchdown so and then you got chase mcclellan black uh chase mcclellan back and so and some other candidates as well that were young players so they have plenty of running backs three or four of them actually but they have some young receivers your Corey brooks showed some promise and you have the speedster from Georgia, Jermaine Burton, transferred. And Joe, isn't that one of the strangest situations that you've ever heard? So I, I never strange. thought I'd see the winning wide receiver who scored a touchdown against Alabama. He played for Georgia. Now he's playing with Alabama.
0: It's bizarre. That's the
1: strangest I, transfer I've ever heard.
0: I think we're all trying to get used to it right now, aren't we? <laughs> yeah,
1: yeah. It's just head uh, uh, head turning and. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, they should think twice about college football and what is, what's occurring. But so he's there. We got the transfer from Louisville. Uh, the speedster, I know, his name is Harold. I think that's his name. Mm-hmm. So I heard that he's, you know, very fast. We'll see how he runs his routes. And if you're playing for Bryce Young as a receiver, we saw this in the game, the championship game, Joe. You better be ready to catch the ball because he'll get it there. Yeah, yeah. And if you don't catch it, you're going to be embarrassed. And they were. Mm-hmm. So, you know, and then you have Cameron Latou, who, who dropped the pass there, should have caught for a touchdown. He, he definitely has some ability, long-legged. He can run 50, 60 yards if you get him the ball. We saw in that game and other times as well. Good player. They had a transfer in from Kansas Junior College, so they needed some help there. Defensively, they should be very, very strong mm-hmm. because the def- the interior defensive line, are all veterans? They've been there many years. Now, some of them have to start to make some plays. But there's definitely some uh, good talent in the interior. The edge rushers are there. Two better edge rushers than Will Anderson Jr. or Dallas Turner as a pair in America. No, there's not. I don't. I don't think so. I don't think so. No. Interior uh, Toa Toa and some other folks, and then the secondary. Alabama has as much depth in the secondary as any team uh, collectively. Uh, you know, they, the cornerbacks, they're going to be tested. They're in the league where they throw the ball around. It's can you recover and go on to the next play. But, they, you know, they've got plenty of good people on defense. They should I think this defense can be very good because they're going to be affecting the quarterback with Will Anderson Jr., Dallas Turner, and others. And then you look at the kicking. Will Record. we know two seasons ago, uh, completely flawless. All field goals and extra points were good. So you can't do any better than that. And then last year he was it was good as well, but mm. you know not perfect. Punting, you know that'd be fine in that category. I mean I don't worry about Alabama's punter too much, Joe. Yeah. <laughs> you know, put about forty or fifty on the board. i um, you know, my concern is, you know, can you defend? Can you stop the other team a few times? Because Alabama's going to put some points on the board. The, the, you know, you and I could probably punt and, uh, you know, be part of the team. You know,
0: at least probably, a little right? bit. <laughs> yes. So, you
1: know, Alabama, well-rounded. And I didn't even mention Bryce Young, the Heisman Trophy quarterback, accurate presence and poise in the pocket, good leadership, has a grasp of the offense, defense. He's nimble-footed, can elude that the tacklers make some yards on the ground if he has to um, get out of the pocket. And then you have the coaching. Nick Saban's been around. Joe, I just just like to point this out. I mean, who are his challengers as coaches? There's uh, there's not very many.
0: No. Okay? I mean, I guess you got to You now you've got to add you know Kirby to that list. Maybe Dabo, but I right. mean, uh, you get outside of those two names, there's really you know there's no you, others. You got,
1: you got Ryan Day at Ohio State. Ryan no, Day, has a good absolutely. Team. Alabama just. Uh, you know, they beat them up pretty bad a mm-hmm. couple of seasons ago, and, and the championship can't put 50 points on their defense. Well, now, and they have a change in their coordinator, I think, coming over from Oklahoma State. But I tell people all the time, because I get this question, Joe. I know you didn't ask me this, but I'll give you the answer. Um, they asked me about Coach Bryan. They asked me about Coach Saban. Mm-hmm. Now, Coach Saban, what he's done is miraculous. Mm-hmm. All the All-Americans, the first-round job choices, the people uh, selected for the NFL, uh, winning all the awards—the Heisman, the Maxwell, the Manning, the Outland, the, the Remington, uh, the Bednar, the Lombardi—I mean, just every award you can think of—to Jim Thorpe. Uh, I don't think—I think Will Ricard probably should have won that Lou Groza Toe Award a few years back. Which he should perfect, but he didn't. But I mean, what more could the man do for his for his uh, student athletes? I don't know, and for the fans and for the people who follow Alabama. But like I said. His competition is Dabo, Kirby Smart, uh, the coach of Ohio State normally, and when Urban, Ryan, Urban Meyer was around, um, Bob Stoops, uh, Brian Kelly is a good football coach. We're going to find out more about him at LSU when he's going to be able to compete to, uh, yeah. uh, to recruit the same type of talent. But I mean, that's not even past my my fifth finger, I think, Joe. Mm-hmm. So. so And when Coach Bryant was there, I mean, you had legitimate Hall of Fame coaches. I mean, not who reached the 60% minimum. I mean, Eric Parsegian, Notre Dame. Joe Paterno, Penn State. Bo Schemblecker, Michigan. Woody Hayes, Ohio State. Bob Devaney, Nebraska. Tom Osborne, Nebraska. Uh, John McKay, USC. John Robinson, USC. Darryl Royal, Texas. Frank Broyles, Arkansas. Bud Wilkinson, Oklahoma very Switzer, Oklahoma. Uh, who else came along during that time? I'm forgetting. Frank Cush was, was involved, of course. And, uh, no, I'm forgetting somebody. But Bobby Bowden was coming around yeah. at that time as well. So, those, that's almost 20 coaches right there, Joe. And he still managed to win six. And Saban just tied him recently at Alabama. He's got seven because of the one at LSU. So, you know, kudos to Nick Saban. He's magnificent. But...
0: Don't forget Coach Bryant. Oh, absolutely not. No, I mean, growing up, you know, as a as a child of the '90s and as an as an Alabama fan also, uh, Bear Bryant's all I had, and I never saw the man coach a game. And you know, we got to the early 2000s where it really got bad for the Crimson Tide, and there was a while where where I thought, as a young fan, I, I'm never going to see this this program win a national title. And when we finally got over that hump in 2009, I thought oh, man, I, I'm going to savor this for a long time, but then here we are, six national titles out, and it's just it's just really incredible to, to see what he's done, and I think you put it best by just saying it's it's miraculous.
1: Yeah, and, and I forgot, sure, Jordan as well. Oh, yeah. Don't forget him. Mm-hmm. Don't forget Coach Jordan as well. And uh, the other thing about Coach Bryant, you know, he only had the uh, African-American players on his team the last 12 years. And then also – Nick Saban has the advantage of a playoff. Maybe you lose a game and you're still in the playoff. Now, Alabama had some things happen when Coach Bryant was there as well, but those are the three items that I always bring up to people. The number of Hall of Fame coaches, coach, coach Bryant did not coach an integrated team until the last 12 years. of his 25 years at Alabama, and also there's a playoff. that Nick Saban, that's a slight advantage because some years when you're at Alabama, if you lost the game, um, you're out of the picture.
0: hmm yeah, and um, you know, just kinda talking about this coming season, I think um I think a lot of people it's it's pretty well agreed on that uh you can go one two Alabama, Georgia and the SEC and you can probably flip flop it if you want to call them one A, one B, so be it. But who's in that third spot, in your opinion, in the SEC this year, who do you think's in the third spot and do you think they can actually compete with Alabama or Georgia to get to Atlanta?
1: Right, right. I'm I'm looking at Kentucky. Mm-hmm. And the reason I'm looking at Kentucky, if they can get their offensive line clicking, uh, you're having the other team on the bench, the opposing team's offense, watching you drive down the field. Now, they might score when they come out, but the game is shortened so the score is not as high and you're within reach. Will Levis, I'm high on him. He's an excellent quarterback, tremendous leader. Uh, he's got a lot of moxie and a lot of swag. And he came, came down from Penn State and just – uh, he, he became probably one of the most popular players in Kentucky football in 20 years. And he did very well with the, the transfer wide receiver who was originally from Kentucky, came in from Nebraska, Robinson, but he's gone. He cut over 100 passes. So they've got to revamp that come up with one receiver or a couple receivers to match that type of production. And Coach Stoops, I think he's, a, he's an excellent coach. Uh, usually has a good defense, solid defense, uh, excellent offensive line, and outstanding running game, and now he's got this quarterback who's dynamic in the pocket, and he can make some yards. Good-looking athlete, 6'3", 232 pounds. So they need the solid kicking game in in case the ball game is close, and and they have to be more consistent. Last year, they had a chance to probably win, oh, probably had a chance to win 12 games. They were upset by Tennessee and Mississippi State. Of course, Georgia beat them uh, convincingly. Uh, you know, they had a rough day, but it's an a
0: NFL game in
1: dramatic fashion <laughs> against Iowa. But if Kentucky can show some some poise and get over the big wins following the next week against a team they should beat, maybe they can challenge Georgia. And the way the schedule works out, Joe, Georgia at Lexington is the last home conference game for them before they have to play Louisville. So if they have, can have things in order and get cranked up, and th- they're in position. Georgia comes
0: to Lexington. Might be looking at a little college game day atmosphere for that one. And uh, I do want to say, too, I want to piggyback off what you just said. Uh, I think Mark Stoops is one of the best coaches in the SEC. I think he gets overshadowed a lot because he is at Kentucky. But I I think Kentucky has done a very good job of keeping him around and keeping him happy because I think he is – I mean, along the lines of scrimmage that's all you need to see if they look like an SEC football team at Kentucky.
1: Yes. Yes, he does, he does a very good job, and they were smart to stay with him and have some patience, and you see that he was able to recruit talent and develop it. Now, those are the, I always tell people to ask him about Nick Saban, I say he has mastered the R&D, the recruiting and development, mm-hmm. and that's vitally important for any team.
0: Mr. Statham, this has been absolutely fantastic, and I know everybody's going to be excited to hear your show um, every Friday night after the Gunnersville Wildcats Uh, get off the field tell us just a little bit uh, just a quick snippet if you had to tell somebody what to expect from your show every single friday night um what what should they expect when they when the wildcats go off the radio and you come on
1: well thank you so much joe for your kind and generous words and we look forward to uh bringing the show to gunnersville every friday evening but we're going to have some analysis commentary and preview of the unscripted drama is the SEC football and we chose to wait until after the Wednesday teleconference that the SEC coaches have so we can have some uh, thoughts and try to understand what's happening in the future of those games that'll be played on Saturday and uh, in the future so we're looking forward to for our show it's AP and Kelly as we see it and we hope folks enjoy it and reach out to us you can check us at We're putting up our Facebook, our Instagram, and our uh, Twitter account. So give us a follow and shout out. And We're always looking for the comments and the thoughts and suggestions. We welcome everything.
0: Unscripted drama. I absolutely love that term. (laughs) That's fantastic. I'm going to start using that, and I'll uh, I'll be sure and credit you. Thanks again, AP. We really appreciate it, and we're looking forward to the show this year.
1: My pleasure, Joe. Thank you so much for having me on your show.
0: Thank you guys again for joining us this week. This has been a lot of fun, and that was a lot of fun with uh, AP Stedham. So get ready to listen to his show each Friday night right here on WTWX after the Guntersville Wildcats. Thank you to Chuck Williamson and Justin Perry at Alpha Insurance here in Guntersville right on Blunt Avenue for sponsoring the show. Reach out to them at 582-5686 or just stop by the office to see them one day. Thank you guys again. We'll see you next week.